Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here. Amen. I'll tell you, I've been waiting a long time to say those words, to have you back in the building. It, it is a great day uh, uh, here. And today is Pentecost Sunday, so there's no better day than and to reopen our public worship services than today. I'd like to welcome all those watching online also. You know, it's been a very interesting uh, season that we've been in over the last 10 weeks. Uh, we've seen a lot of things happen. We've been given an overload of information. We've learned new words like COVID-19 and coronavirus and, and flattening the curve and frontline workers. And, and the list goes on and on and on. And I was thinking about that. There's really one phrase that affects us all, whether we've been sick or if we remain healthy. And that's the phrase shelter in place. It affects us because our governor issued a shelter-in-place order uh, in March, and which means that you had to stay at home and you should only go out for essential things. Now, it's amazing to me how many essential things you can get at the hardware store because uh, those folks were, uh, were overloaded. But you think about that, how our lives changed during uh, this. You couldn't get a haircut. You couldn't dine in at a restaurant now, that sent shockwaves to the Baker family. You know, couldn't dine in a restaurant. But, you know, probably the thing that really bothered me more than anything is I couldn't worship with my church family. There's something about being in the presence of the Lord with the people that you're in community with. And so that's what makes today uh, all the more special. But, you know, when you think about it, the concept of shelter in place is not new. In fact, Jesus after the resurrection of Jesus Christ and he is preparing his disciples uh, for their ministries ahead, he looked at his disciples and he said, I want you to shelter in place. I want you to shelter in Jerusalem. We see this in um, Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. He said, I'm going to send you what my father has prophesied, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Again, uh, we turn over to the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, it says, On one occasion, he was eating with them, and he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. So for 10 days, they gathered together in unity and in prayer. And this prayer meeting coincided with a holiday season called the Feast of Pentecost. Now, the Pentecost was a lot like our Thanksgiving. They were celebrating the wheat harvest, and, and people were enjoying some time off and time being with their families. And while the community was enjoying a holiday season, the disciples uh, were sheltered in place in the upper room, praying and waiting on God to send uh, his spirit. So we pick it up. Chapter 1, Acts, said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with 
the Holy Spirit. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and into the ends of the earth. They were sheltered in place for 10 days, and as they were praying in this upper room, something happened. It was like a wind started to blow. But it was not like a normal wind. It was like a spiritual wind that blew into that room and gave them a new energy. And then they saw what seemed to be uh, tongues of fire that came down and rested upon each one of us. And when we think about fire, we think about naturally fire warms us, fire gives us um, direction and clarity, fire gives us energy. And this is what happened with this spiritual fire that came. It started to revolutionize their lives from the inside out. These disciples, they were witnessing a page of history being written right before their eyes. Never before had God blown into a room with such spiritual intensity. Now, the verses that go along, uh, that go along with that story is found in Acts chapter 2. It says, when the uh, day of Pentecost came, they were together. They were together in unity in one place. And suddenly... A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Several years ago, the NBC television network did a series a television series on the Bible, and they chose to focus on the book of Acts. It was called A.D. about five years ago. Now, I remember seeing advertisements for this series on the book of Acts, and I was thinking like, okay, how is Hollywood or how is NBC going to handle Acts chapter 2? Well, let's take a look and see how they handled it. Wake up, all of you. Mm. Wake. Come. What are we doing? We're praying. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Oh, 
Now, we can leave this place. Now, spread his word. I love those words. Now, we can leave this place. Now, we can spread his word. You know, on that day, the Holy Spirit came and fell upon a group of very ordinary people. And the Holy Spirit gave them the power to spread the word of Jesus Christ across the world. You know, I grew up in a church about an hour from here, and it seemed like about every Sunday, specifically on Sunday evening, we would gather and we would pray, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. And there are times when it would happen. There are times I've witnessed uh, what many would consider to be the supernatural. I've seen people speaking in other tongues and and, uh, spiritual languages and being healed and maybe signs and wonders following them. But too many times, as the smoke cleared, many of us continued to live our lives like we did before it happened. We didn't live any differently. We were stirred, but we were not changed. We simply didn't understand the purpose of his power. For so many of us, Pentecost was an experience, but it was not a lifestyle. You're here at Stevens Creek Church today. You're watching online today. And today is Pentecost Sunday, which means that churches all across the globe will be speaking from this passage of Uh, a scripture, and telling this story. Pentecost happened 50 days after the Passover. It's like the follow-up of Easter. It's the birthday of the church. And as you listen to this story, I want you to understand this is more than a history lesson. This is a message for you. It's a message for me. This power is real, and it's for us. But I don't think we understood that when I was growing up. I think we looked at it um, as an event or an experience, but didn't have any practical effects on our everyday lives. I want you, as we look at this passage of Scripture, to understand that this is very practical and to see how this experience, this day, changed the lives of these disciples. In fact, I believe there are four things that we will see in this story, four attributes of the Holy Spirit that he has for each one of us. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to share Christ boldly. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the power to share Christ, to tell your story. I mean, we see this in the life of Peter. Prior to Pentecost, Peter lived in fear. He didn't live in faith. He was one of the ones that denied Jesus. In fact, he denied Jesus three times. And and if you look at the crucifixion when Jesus was on the cross, where was Peter? He was nowhere to be found. I mean, as the Bible says, John was there. But where was Peter? 
After Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he received this supernatural courage and this supernatural boldness that gave him the ability to stand up upon, uh, in front of thousands of people and boldly proclaim God's word. The Apostle Paul had a similar experience. The Apostle Paul was not known for being able to speak well in public. He had a problem public, with public speaking. But when Paul stood up to preach under the anointing of the Spirit, under this power that was greater than himself, it changed. It changed him. It changed the people who heard him. We see this in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4. It says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but my message and preaching came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but your faith may rest on God's power. I really believe that this power is for you. It's for me. And I believe that when you're anointed by God's power, he will touch your words. In fact, this is going to happen to some of you this week. This week, you will be in a conversation with someone. And you will have an opportunity to tell your story. And nobody knows your story better than you. And that you'll have this opportunity to go and share your faith, to share your story. And that you'll have to make a decision, am I going to take that opportunity and step into it, or am I going to back away from it? And so many times in my life, I've backed away from it. But as you step into it, here's what the Holy Spirit will do. He will give you the words that you need to say. You may be in mid-sentence, and all of a sudden, there will be a Bible verse that comes to your mind. And you'll just start to speak that word. Or there will be an occurrence where you remember that you went through something very similar, and you'll start to share your story. And your story will be anointed to help that person that you are talking to. That's how it works. That's how it becomes very practical. Some of you will be praying this week. And as you are praying, it's like this energy comes through you and your prayer uh, will take on a new intensity and you'll start to be praying in the Spirit, praying in accordance to God's will and, and you'll pray with a new intensity and a new focus. So the Holy Spirit will give you the power to share Christ boldly. Here's the second thing. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to stand strong when you are weak. I've seen this uh, happen in my life time and time again that, that uh, it happens oftentimes when I'm in a place where I'm tired and I'm weak and I'm worn out and then I am called to step up and do something or, or respond to a situation and, and you just don't feel like it. You just don't feel like it. Let somebody else handle it. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to move in you and gives you a strength in your weakness gives you the power to step up and to do what you have been called to do, what you've been asked to do. You don't feel like it, but sometimes uh, it doesn't matter how you feel that he will come and give you that power, that strength. Here's the point. When you're at the end of your strength, the Holy Spirit is strong where you could not be. 
He'll give you that power when you're weak. This is what Paul was writing in in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power, that his power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here's the point. I want you to open your life up to the power of the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, come and flow in my life. Holy Spirit, come and give me strength. Give me your power. How does that work? Maybe it works when you are at a place in your life where you feel weak, and maybe there's a sin in your life, and you keep falling into this pattern. You keep falling in this pattern of sin. What if instead of falling in that pattern again, that you say, Holy Spirit, give me strength. I am so weak. Can you give me your strength in this situation? Can you give me your strength to help me to overcome this? Maybe it's an addiction and you have fought and you have fought and you have fought, but nothing seems to work. That is when you call on the name of the Lord, said, send your spirit and give me strength in my weaknesses. Maybe it's a, with a relationship, and you know that you're not to be in this relationship, but for whatever reason, you keep going back. You keep going back. Next time that door opens, say, Holy Spirit, close the door. Give me the strength I need. Oh, it could be a, a number of things. It could be something at work where you've been challenged uh, to step up and live the high road, but yet you've been taking the low road and that you say, Holy Spirit, give me the strength to do this. Ask God for help, and I believe he'll give it to you. I said there's four things. Here's number three. The Holy Spirit will give you hope in a world that is increasingly hopeless. The Holy Spirit will give you hope in a world that is increasingly hopeless. This is where so many of us find ourselves We find ourselves in a world that seems to be hopeless. We've been sheltered in place. We've been in isolation uh, for three months now. And along with that comes a whole host of issues. Comes fear and comes worry and oftentimes comes financial challenges and pressures. And we worry about getting sick and we worry about how long this pandemic will last and, and what will the future be? What will our economy be as a result of this? And we see hopelessness. And if the pandemic is not bad enough, we turn on the television this week and we see the crisis of our nation. We see the death of George Floyd in in Minneapolis. And that's just right after the uh, Armored Arbery shooting right here in Georgia. And we start to watch that unfold across uh, our nation. And, and we see the rioting, the people in the streets. And there's so many unanswered questions. And we're a church here that has a vision to become a diverse church for racial reconciliation. But I'm telling you, when we see things 
like we've seen this past week. It seems like the dream of racial reconciliation is further and further away. God help us. When we feel hopeless, we need a power that's greater than ourselves. We need the power of the Lord. It reminds me of the prayer in the book of Romans. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Put your hope in the Lord. If your hope is in anything else besides the Lord, it's going to be limited. And that's why we've got to trust him. To those of you that are struggling, I want you to put your hope in the Lord. To those of you that have lost your job, I want you to put your hope in the Lord and realize that God will be your provider. To those of you that are sick, put your hope in the Lord and realize that God is your healer. And to those of you that have suffered loss, The Bible says you don't grieve as those that have no hope, but God will walk with you through this and that there is a better day coming. To those of you that are hurting today, I believe this verse is real and that you can be filled with joy and overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time to put your hope in him. Here's the fourth one. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to experience the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to experience the fullness of God. Now, when I look around our community, I I meet so many people that said, Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So what does that mean if you say, I'm a Christian? Well, and they start to explain it. That means that I prayed the prayer. I've, um, I've been baptized, I've joined the church, I, I read the Bible every once in a while, and I try to live, be a good person. I'm a Christian. Okay, I understand that you've checked all the boxes. But so many people have checked all those boxes, but yet their life is no different now than it was before they were saved. That in a very practical way, they're, they're living their same life. They're still hurting. They're still addicted. They're still filled with worry. They're still broke. They're still struggling. They don't have any real faith, and they don't have any real victory. Why is this? It's because they don't have any power. They have this form of godliness, but they have denied the power of God in their lives. This form, they look like it on the outside. They've checked the boxes, but there's nothing on the inside. The message of the day of Pentecost is that God wants to fill you up from the inside out. He wants to overflow in your life. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted 
and established in love may have power that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. When you have the fullness of God in your life, your life will look different. People will look at you and say, I don't know what it is that you have, but I want that. They'll see you going through a tough time and they'll say, how in the world can you be, have joy when you're going through this? Or maybe they'll look at you and you'll be handling a problem and say, how can you have peace when you have this problem? And what they don't understand, it's the power that's living inside of you. It's the power of Pentecost inside of you. When you have the fullness of God, his blessings will come and cover you. And you'll experience his favor and his healing and his victory and his provision in greater ways. On the day of Pentecost, these disciples received the fullness of God. They were filled with the Spirit. And when they were filled with the Spirit, their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened to God's heart. And their eyes were opened to God's house. They realized that God's heart is for everyone and God's house is for everyone. You see, prior to this, God's house was only for the Jews. But on the day of Pentecost, it was open to the Gentiles. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost before thousands of people in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21 and said, and everyone... And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That this message is for everyone. It's for you and it's for me. It is a message of salvation. And Paul writes in the book of Romans in chapter 1, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. This message it's for everyone. It's for you. It's for me. It's a message of salvation. Peter said it this way in 2 Peter chapter 3. He said, the Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. This message is for everyone. That you can be saved, you can be made whole, you can be changed, you can be set free. This message is not just for some, it's not just for the few, it's not just for the privileged. That this message is for everyone, it's for the whole world. That's the message of John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. The message of Pentecost is a message of love, that God loves you. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you've come from. That God loves you. That God loves everyone. He loves the frontline workers, and he loves the farmers, and he loves the stockbrokers. God loves the wayward sons and daughters. His love is for those people with special needs and those victims. 
He loves the bikers and the game members and the, the kids with two dads and the, the people who are counting their days of how many days they've been clean and, and sober. God loves the single moms and the, and the rednecks and God loves the seminary students and God loves the politicians. God loves the Democrats and God loves the Republicans and God loves the, uh, the independents. He loves those factory workers and he loves those tattoo artists. He loves those foster kids. And he loves those people who are rioting in the streets across 110 cities in our, our nation. God's love is for the families that are falling apart and the families that are pretending to have it all together. This message of Pentecost, this message of the day of Pentecost is this, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This message is for you. You can be changed. You can be saved. You can get the junk out of your life and be filled with the Holy Spirit. How about it? Have you been saved? Have you experienced this forgiveness of your sins? Have you been empowered by God's Spirit? Years ago, I heard about an old country preacher who as the years went by, he started to lose his eyesight. He couldn't read anymore, but he still had this passion to preach, and he would, they would just take him up to the pulpit and he'd preach. But it, it got to the point where he couldn't see anything. He couldn't see anything on the Bible, and they would have him open up to the book of Acts, and, and he would put his hand on his Bible uh, before that, that congregation, and he would just say this, do it again. God, God, do it again. And that's my prayer for Stevens Creek Church. That we would put our hands on the book of Acts and we would say, God, do it again. Let this power, let this spirit be present in this place. God, do it again in our midst. Let us see your power released in us. God, do it again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this congregation. I pray over those watching online. I pray, first of all, for those people that have never been saved, that today is your day. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. And Father, as they are praying that prayer, I ask that you would set them free from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I pray, Father, for this congregation. I pray for our church right here in this building, our South Augusta campus and our online campus. I pray that you would do it again. That let your spirit come and move upon us. Let your power come and rest upon us. Let us be different as a result of this prayer as we move into this community this day. God, do it again. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
For listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.